As you can tell, I'm not Jonathan. We want to get started. So um, this new series, People of the Covenant, is very powerful. If you've missed the part about the blood, you need to go back and get the book and read it because the blood is so powerful. It's unbelievable. Uh, But what we're getting into today is talking about the word, the power of the word, the reason for the word, and how we have to understand what it needs to mean to us. Father, I just thank you for the time we can come and share and study your word. Father, give me the ability to communicate it today in a timely manner. Stay on target, stay on point. In Jesus' name, amen. When we look at today, five years ago, 10 years ago, 100 years ago, this battle is always a battle. It's ba- the, the, the Bible, and the div- it's divinely inspired, and on all fronts, the inspiration of that is tested. And so you have denominations, fellowships, individuals that test that to try to make it culturally fit. And we, we're not called to make anything culturally fit. We're to fit <clears throat> the Word of God. Not the word of God to fit us. And when you look into, there's been hundreds of theologians that are forced to defend the divinity of the word because of culture. And some of these theologians have left Bible institutes, denominations, fellowships, because they will not give way to compromising the Word of God. But if you're employed by a certain university that is employed by a certain denomination or fellowship, they write your check. So the pressure is, Pastor Caleb, we need this to read the way it fits our beliefs. Instead of, we need to make our beliefs fit the Word of God. Because we get so messed up when we try to make the Word fit us instead of us fit the Word. Now, I'm not throwing stones because I'm sure I've done the same thing. Because when we teach and when we preach, God lays something on our heart that He wants you. We know that today, I, I know God wants you to get this. I have to be so careful that I don't manipulate the Word to make it fit what you need to hear. And so there's, there's always that, that battle. But we have to understand, I have no power even close to the Word of God. I have to understand where I'm at in this order. God and God's Word is always above Jeff and Jeff's Word. When I deliver God's Word, guess what? This is the cool part. When I, when you deliver God's word, the spoken word, people hear God's voice, not your voice. And we have to focus on that. But what, 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 the, the, the inspiration of the Bible was there for a purpose. It's been there since the beginning. And as all these theologic, theologians and theology, they're trying to embrace this cultural reasoning and whims 
in their theology instead of just do the theology of the Bible. Stop trying to, trying to change this to fit you. You fit the Bible. And if you do that, I promise you, your life will be a million times better. Things will just flow. <clears throat> In Luke 16, 17, it says it is, and this is, uh, I think, New King James, because I had to look this word up, study this word, uh, and then kind of study the word, how it fits in the English language. But it says, it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than one tittle of the law to fail. A tittle in Greek and and the alphabet is just a little bitty tiny point on different letters. It's kind of like an apostasy in the English language or a semicolon. But it can change the entire complexity of a word, which then can change the entire complexity of a sentence. The sentence changes the entire complexity of a phrase, of a chapter, of the whole meaning. So God is very specific here and says, do not change even the littlest. And listen, I was talking going up there because in Matthew, uh, I mean, in Luke 16, 17, it talks about that. Well, also Matthew 5, 17 through 20, and I'm not going to, I'm going to try to get into this, but not get into it. We were talking about that. The in-depthness of this could be two hours. So you, I want, you, you need to go and study this because it's talking about the fulfillment of the law doing away with the law, but it's the fulfillment of the law. And that's what Christ came to do, was fulfill the law. But in, in Matthew 5, 17 through 20, it gets into this and breaks this down, how important it is that we don't change this. We change this. We have to be conformed to God's word, not God's word, conform to us. And that's where you as an individual have to have your foundation correctly built and understand just because I said it doesn't mean I said it in the right context. It requires you to study. Lisa and I was talking about, and she said, you know, after our salvation comes the works part. And, and we leave that out so many times because there was a works preaching mentality and teaching years ago that pe- people were really teaching the word. That salvation, water baptism, infilling of the Holy Spirit, and do the work of my Father. That was Christ's words, not Jeff's, which means do the work of the kingdom. Work. And work is work. We, we, we were listening to Pastor Mohan in, in India preach one time, and he was pre- preaching on that. And he said, work is work. It's physical. It's mental. It's spiritual. It's study. It, it, it's all the above, but it's work. The problem is we've dumbed down Christianity to a point where no longer you don't need to work. Just come up here and listen to me. I got it. Wrong. Because either intentionally or unintentionally. I might use a scripture today and give it to you incorrectly. Let's just say I did it not out of malice, just 
because of my lack of study. Give me the benefit of the doubt this morning. So because of my lack of study, I'm going to give Brian a scripture today, but I'm going to give it to him incorrectly. So if he applies it to his life incorrectly, who's at fault? (laughs) Me and him. Number one, me, but I'm just saying this time I did it because of ignorance on my part from not studying. He did it. I don't know why. Maybe because of a friendship. Maybe he just took me for my word. And that's okay to a point. But you better go back and study it for self to make sure that it's in your foundation correctly, not incorrectly. Because even though it's a scripture, incorrectly, it's still no good to you. Because then it can start, goes back to the, the tittle. It changes the next thing you read. It changes the next thing you study. It changes the next chapter. It changes the next meaning. It changes, it changes, it changes. So that's why we have to be so careful when we study the Word. That's why if you look up here today, I've got the book, and I've got this study Bible. It is the Systematic Theology Study Bible. Very helpful. And then I have... Another study Bible. This one is the Life in the Spirit study Bible. Also referred to now as the Fire Bible. All the study notes in this Bible are written by spirit-filled Pentecostal men and women. Key. Doesn't make it law. It makes it key so you don't have to, well, is that coming from a non-spirit-filled believer's understanding? Because I don't associate with that. But it's important that we take the time to study. When we read this, it's so powerful if we really slow down and study it. Because this is in red, which means Jesus wrote this to the disciples and to you and I. We have to understand that. Let's get into Bible 101. This is for you. I'm looking around the room, and I'm pretty sure everybody in here is a Christian. So I can say this with relatively certainty. This is for you. You, okay, with certainty, with certainty. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches otherwise to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's deep. I could spend hours on that and hours on that because it is so deep because we've painted this picture of grace so overwhelming that there's nothing for us to do. God said, "Uh uh-uh, there's a lot for you to do. 
There is a lot for you to do. There is a lot of work for you to do. And we, 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 <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we want to remove that work part because we want to, we want to fill the houses to where we got to take, take the stage back to right here to put in some more rows. We want to be able to say, hey, ushers, uh, back there in the back walking around, take those uh, ropes down so we can fill all those chairs up and bring out some more chairs. Because we want to fill our kingdom up. It ain't about filling our kingdom up. It's about filling his kingdom up, which requires work. Work. Who did you talk to this week about Jesus Christ? Who did you pray for that was struggling? I can tell you, unless you stayed in your house, you came across at least five people a day that were struggling. At least. Some of the, I'm gonna, let me jump back over here to this other study Bible real quick. Because the wording in here is a little more understanding. Verse 19, Matthew 5, 19 in this study Bible here says, Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches otherwise to do the same will be called least. Okay, that word relaxes changes everything, doesn't it? It's not, it's, not, it's not talking about removing it. It says relaxing it. Let's make it a little less important. I've shared this before, but this something just sticks in me, and there's hundreds of these things in modern-day translations of the Bible. This only happens through prayer and fasting. It's been removed from so many of the new modern translations. Now, that wasn't removed by worldly people. That wasn't removed by the publisher, just thought, I'm going to take that out for kicks and giggles. That was taken out by theologians that were studying the Word and deemed it necessary to remove it. Why? It relaxes the power of God. Doesn't remove it, it relaxes it. Because when we remove something, it's so obvious. When we relax it, it's not as obvious. So I, I studied it, that, why they would remove that, and some of them said, that it was specifically talking about casting out people that were demon-possessed in the day. That's why that only comes out by fasting and prayer. But that's not, all, that's not all it was talking about. There are a lot of things in your life that only comes out through fasting and prayer, not just the casting out of a demon of someone that's possessed. But when we start talking about demon possession, people want to just... Ooh, they want to shut that down. But if you've been like Lisa and I and been in services where they manifest and start slithering around the front of the sanctuary, then you know it's real. It's real here. 
It's here, right here in the United States. It's here. It's real. It's, it's there. Fasting and prayer. There are things in your life that require fasting and prayer. But when we relax that, we don't study that, we get away from that, how many generations does it take before we remove that? Do you understand right now in America, we have a generation that don't even know what, don't know the word Jesus Christ, salvation, or what takes place inside this building. I had a friend of mine was in a hospital ministry a few weeks ago praying for a, a kid. He, I say kid. Um, he was 24, 25. And he started talking to him about he wanted to pray for him, that, you know, God would heal him and this, that, and the other, and ask him about, where is your relationship with Jesus Christ? He's 24, lives in Sumner County, the Bible belt of, you know, here. He said, what are you talking about? Who's this Jesus guy? What is that? So that's only relaxed one generation away from his grandparents that were in church. His parents didn't go. Guess what he doesn't do? He don't even know what it is. It's like when Lisa and I have been to some developing countries in the middle of the bush, they've never seen an American before. The same look, the same shock, the same awe. Why? Because we relaxed the teaching and the preaching of God's Word. That is such an abomination. We, we have to get back into studying the Word because the Word is, is so sequentially just intertwined. And that means we have to do the Old Testament and the New Testament because Jesus came to fulfill everything written in the old. We have to understand that and, 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 and not relax any of that. <clears throat> the law that the believer is obligated to keep consists of the ethical and moral principles that were written where? Old Testament. Morals, principles. Something this country has long forgotten. Because of why? It was relaxed. You relax the word of God, you relax your morals, you relax your ethics. Next thing you know, you're conducting business like everyone else. Wonder why... You got a prophetic word about your business growing and prospering, but now you filed bankruptcy. You wonder why? Because you relaxed your morals and your principles. It's not God's fault. God had nothing to do with that. You did. We have to understand that we, we don't view the law as a system of illegal commandments by which to obtain merit for forgiveness and salvation. That's the blood of Christ where we receive salvation, not the law. He came to fulfill the law that we have that through his, through his blood for our salvation. Faith in Christ is the point of departure for the fulfilling of the law through faith in Christ 
God becomes our father. And some of y'all, that's a stretch. You're like, hmm, but it's the truth. God is my father. And my father, I want to work so that we have a relationship, that we can understand each other's language. When we look at the teaching of Christ, Christ was very emphatical, just wrong word. Jesus emphatically taught that doing the will of his heavenly father is an outgoing condition of entering the kingdom of heaven. You just think about that for a second. This is Jesus, the Son of God. And he emphatically taught that by doing the will of God, his Father, that's why it's important that we understand God has to be our Father. So if I can emphatically teach today the importance of God becoming your Father, that you must do his will. His will is written, written, excuse me, in here. When you hear people say, you know, God, God spoke to me today about this. I heard the voice of God. L- let's get into Christianity 101. Okay? Because sometimes we can, we can speak Christianese and you not understand what we're saying. Is that correct? I mean, I can sit up here and speak in Swahili, and y'all are going to look at me like I'm, you know, Jinalaku Ninani, Habari Asabui. What did you get out of that? Nothing. Nothing. But the voice of God is the word of God. How do you hear God's voice? Through his written word. It's so powerful that we study it and understand it. So I want to emphatically teach that doing his will. So for me today was teaching, was doing God's will for my life, which required work. Work all week, studying, reading, praying, fasting. God, how do I deliver this? Because I, I, it's, it's, it's so complex, I want to, I only have 30 minutes. So how do I break this down to where we all can understand it and apply it to our lives in a way that we will affect God's kingdom by our works? The kingdom is so vast, so great. What God wants us to do is incredible. But we have to understand it, get into it, Matthew 7, verse 21, there again, when you study, it's going to send you over there. And when you go over there, there's another three or four hours worth of studies. I was 
sharing with a guy this week, and I'm going, this is a free one, but write this down because it will change your life. It's changed my life. You know, there are times that you get into to reading, studying the Word, and, and Eddie, it's like, man, I can't get enough of God's Word. Man, I'm just, I'm like, I'm reading it, I'm studying it, I'm reading it, I'm studying it, I'm reading it, I'm studying it. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm just getting nothing out of it right now. I, my hunger for the words is kind of backed off. Write this down. I can tell you why. It's a secret. I'm going to let you in on a secret. And only you know. Are you ready? It's because you are not sharing your knowledge of the word. Every single time I've hit that dry place, like I just don't want to study, I back up and say, who am I pouring my life into? And the answer's the answer has always been no one. I stopped pouring my life into someone else. That instantly, I picked up the phone and called someone after praying and fasting and said, hey, can you meet once every two weeks and let's just study the word? Immediately, that fire and passion came back. You know why? There was no more room. My hard drive was full. The Dead Sea is dead for a reason. Nothing goes out of it. The reason you're dry and you're dead and you're not getting anything out of the Word is because you're not giving anything out. That's a free one. If you share it, you have to pay me with anybody. Just teasing. That's out of Scripture, by the way. Don't take that one for word. I'm not going to go there. Sorry. I'm not saying sorry to, to God. I'm sorry. To, <laughs> yeah, let's get that clear. But I wanted to get this in, and I've got four minutes. Because at this point, in studying and in this book, and where the last Sunday school class had went in the direction, these are some key points that we need to get, get a hold of and understand the importance of. And this is when we hold on to God. And we can hold on to God through everything. It doesn't matter what. He is our rock. He is, he is our lifeline. He is our everything. The blood of Christ and the word of God are the two constants in the divine order of everything. Okay? The blood of Christ and the Word of God. They are linked together, both, they are linked together and both are fundamental to the covenant of God. The covenant of God, which means the covenant God has with me, to Pastor Caleb, to everyone in here, to every born again Christian, is linked to these two things the blood of Christ and the Word of God. The word reveals the need for the blood. The word reveals the need for the blood. Now, without this next part, it doesn't make much sense. But with this part, it makes total sense. 
The blood seals the covenant of the word. Both are inviolable as absolute authority. The blood, the word, not me, not, a, not anyone else in the kingdom speaking. The word and the blood. That's why we have to study the word. Because we all get, when we're teaching and preaching, we can all get just ramped up and going and going and then say something that's not 100% correct. Not intentionally. We are human. We have feet of clay. I want to encourage you, when you hear that, write it down. Two reasons. Maybe I spoke out of turn because of passion, energy, whatever. Maybe it was you didn't understand it because your lack of knowledge of the word. When you go back and study that, then the scripture may jump out at you and like, wow, that is what the word says. And put it in your foundation. That's what it's meant to do. That's why you take notes. Why you go back and study it. The word, the absolute authority of heaven's throne. Absolute. No, if, and, buts, maybe, sometimes, it's absolute. The blood, the absolute authority, vanquishing sin's power. Period. Without the blood, there's nothing. With the blood, with the word, there's everything. It is so powerful. We have to get that. We have to understand that so that we understand that no matter what you face, if you go to the word, you'll get your answer. You'll get your strength. You'll get your encouragement. You'll gain your wisdom. You'll gain your knowledge. You have to study the word and understand it's authority it's the word. It's not me. It's not anyone that's preaching, teaching, or anything. It's the word. It's the blood. It has all power, all authority. And we have to study the word out. And when we're talking about that, the work, that's the thing we don't want to do. We don't want to do the work. It's much easier for me. Talk to me. Well, that was great. Awesome. Then it is to study for hours and hours just on one little thing. But then when you see the fruit of it in your life, it's so powerful. Man. I'm going to share one thing that deals with the power of the blood and the authority of the word. If, if you give me two minutes. In Nepal, one of, our, one of our board members was there last week with, with his pastor. And there is an organization in Nepal that is sanctioned by the government that has a leader of it. He's called the president of this organization. 
and their number, their only, their only thing on the agenda is to persecute Christians. We have pastors that have been beaten by them. They would just walk right here in the church and just hold me right here and beat me. They were over there, and they were preaching and dedicating some wells and some Bible schools and different stuff, and this man shows up in the parking lot. They know who he is because he is the head of the organization promoted by the government. The parking lot guy came in and said, hey, you know, Bob is out in the parking lot. And they all became fearful. They began to preach. Our, our, our man in Nepal went out and just said, hey, Bob, come in here for a second. If, I, I, I know you, you know me, but will you just sit right here for a second? Just, just, be, just be inside the building. And he came in. And he sat just like that. And Mike began to preach about the power of God, the blood of Christ, the authority, the authority given to him by this word. And at the end, when he opened it up for salvation, Bob was the first one that came to the front. Now Bob don't have a job. Because his job just got erased by the power of the blood and the word of God. Doing it God's way. The word and the, and the blood. Father, we just thank you for the time we've come today and to study your word. That we can put this to our life so that we can be equipped to do your work. That, Father, you lead each and every one of us in that same setting where it looks like it's hopeless, but when we speak your word about the blood of our Savior, their lives will be touched and changed forever. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen.